or this, hundreds of years from now, it will not matter what my bank account was, the sort of house I lived in, or the kind of car I drove, but the world may be a different because I did something so bafflingly crazy that my ruins become a tourist attraction. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome here, everyone. My name is Rod. We're so glad that you've decided to join us on this beautiful Sunday morning, 9 a.m. service. I'll let you in on a little something. Uh, every single Sunday, when we are preparing a topic or what we're going to talk about for the, the morning, uh, we run everything through a filter, a question. And the question is this. What do we want to leave people with? You know, if there was one thing one idea, one thought that would make the most difference in our lives this coming week, what would that be? Well, today that question becomes the question, the question for all of us. What do you want to leave people with? Because over the next six days, seven days, uh, we're all going to go out into our lives, right? We're all going to bump into people all over the place. And with every interaction, we are going to be leaving people with something. Uh, on Thursday morning, I, uh, I was riding my bike downtown and I stopped at an intersection. And I had all kinds of stuff buzzing around in my head of what I had to do that day. And uh, there was this little kid standing at the intersection. He was maybe eight or nine or something. And he looked over at me and he kind of gave the shy little wave, kind of went like this. And so I gave him a wave and he said, I like your motorcycle. And I said, thanks, little man. Where's your motorcycle? And he said, I don't have one, but I want one like that. And I was like, right on, buddy. You have a good day. And he's like, as I'm riding away, he's, I look back and he's just doing this little wave. And I waved and I'm, man, I'll tell you what. I just sort of felt like my whole spirit was filled with this old jolt of happiness there's just something so simple, so powerful, this little smile, it's something so encouraging, and yet even a little kid can do it, you know? I think we often underestimate the power of what we leave people with all day, every day. Those little gestures, those, those words, um, I underestimate that. I live down here, downtown, and I walk a lot, and it's surprising how receiving a nod, a little smile from someone that you're crossing paths with, you know, a simple hello, how something so subtle injects even a gloomy, rainy afternoon with a little jolt of something brighter. And I think that in my experience, and maybe yours as well, uh, we live life largely oblivious to the power of our words, the power of small actions, the potential to influence our world for better in every interaction with others because I think much of the time we walk around and we're wrapped up in our own stuff, right? Our, our own worries and thoughts and agendas and to-do lists and problems. And so this idea that we actually can leave something good for the people around us, something of worth and value, give away something good uh, all throughout our day, um, something that makes a difference in other people's lives kind of gets smothered by all the junk up here, Right? And so the question, uh, what do you want to leave people with, can, can really simplify things and clarify things for us, I think. And when we go through our day focused on this idea of, of helping and serving and providing value to others, 
we tap into something incredibly powerful. There's a, a timeless principle at play in this universe. It's always been at play. A principle that applies to every human being, and that is this. The key to a healthy, meaningful, rewarding life is found not in serving ourselves, but in serving other people. My all-time favorite story about this principle uh, took place one summer day in early June in 1935 in a town called Akron, Ohio. A man named Bill Wilson was on a business trip, and it wasn't going so well. Bill had recently experienced a number of weeks of sobriety thanks to attending meetings with a small group of these Christians who had introduced him to these basic principles of honesty and humility and the strength and hope that appears when you surrender your life to a loving and gracious and powerful God. But on this business trip, uh, Bill could feel that he was in danger of falling off the wagon once again. And so in this flash of inspiration, he decided that instead of drinking, he would call up another alcoholic. But he didn't know any in Akron, Ohio, so he got a directory and started dialing strange numbers asking to talk with someone who was a fellow alcoholic. And that was how Bill Wilson met a fellow named Bob Smith. Uh, Bob was a physician in town who also had a notorious uh, substance abuse problem. And when Bill Wilson called his house, Bill was passed out drunk under the kitchen table, and his wife answered and said it would be okay if, Bob, if Bill came over the next day. And when Bill Wilson walked through the door of Dr. Bob's house, Dr. Bob welcomed him with these words. I don't think you can help me with my drinking problem. And Bill Wilson responded with these now famous words. I'm not here to help you with your drinking I'm here to help me with mine. And that meeting, those words, marked the official birth of Alcoholics Anonymous. And they illuminate a powerful spiritual truth that anyone can tap into. Helping another person will help you more than anything you can possibly do for yourself. And 12-step programs, are they take a very practical, simple approach to this. Uh, you don't become sober and then move into a position of service. Service and sobriety are interwoven. The belief is that even the rawest newcomer uh, to a meeting will benefit from serving others on the road to recover. What, recovery. Why? Because when you help someone else climb a mountain, you both end up at the top. And in the Christian church, I think, sometimes serving is sort of viewed as uh, something that spiritually mature people do with their deep resource of virtue and godliness. And I don't know, maybe that's part of the reason why a lot of people sometimes feel churches are full of self-righteous or hypocritical people. Because the truth is that we are all imperfect and messed up and broken in different ways. And yet... We are all beneficiaries of something beautiful and healing and strengthening should we choose to step towards it. The very act of serving others, of helping others, helps us. 
And we've all probably heard the words. There's more happiness in giving than receiving. Maybe even quoted them at some point, even if we aren't aware that that quote comes from Jesus. Uh, I messed up my shoulder last year, and I spent the months going to physio. And uh, a few weeks in, the physiotherapist wasn't going very well. So the physiotherapist said she's going to try something called needling. Uh, they take these needles, like long needles, and they insert them deep into your muscles, and then they twitch them and flick them to get your muscles to try to relax. And it's pretty freaky. And I was lying there on this physio table thinking, man, you know, when it comes to needles, there is definitely more happiness in giving than receiving. Uh, (laughs) But what about when you're overwhelmed, you know, with your own life and your own stuff, everything you are trying to deal with, barely able to keep putting, you know, one foot in front of the other when you go through those stages in life? How on earth could you find the strength when you're in that place to be focused on helping someone else, right? Uh, every year, Jewish people celebrate this massive feast. It's called Sukkot, and it has been held for centuries, uh, a commemoration of their liberation from slavery in Egypt. And history tells us that in one particular year, this feast was being held, as it always was, and Jesus of Nazareth attended this feast. And he was, it was kind of at the height of his controversy. There, there was priests and politicians were all very upset with him, and these large crowds were following him and causing all these disruptions. And Things were getting more and more tense as this festival went on and on. And on the final and climatic day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way, just as the scriptures says. And what Jesus of Nazareth was talking about that day was a different metaphor through which we can understand God and how God works. Um, When an ordinary person places their trust in Christ, God's power becomes a living, powerful, flowing river of grace that begins to flow into a person's life. And as we continue to be open and willing and welcome that, river, it becomes a stream and it flows into us, brings new life to us and spills out and spills over, bringing life to others, uh, even as it brings life to us. And that, according to Jesus, is a God thing. You know, it's not dependent on our power. It's not dependent on our strength. We just receive it by being open to it and, and willing to surrender to it. And we just let God's spirit give us life and let his life flow out of us. I just got back from a, a little trip to Israel. I, that country is so endlessly fascinating to me. And every time I'm there, I, I, I think of this, this picture. It's about the same size as Vancouver Island, Israel. It's about the same shape, too. And there, there are these two lakes uh, in that small country. Uh, in the northern part of the country, there's a lake that, in spite of the dry climate, uh, is surrounded by fruit tree plantations. It is called the Sea of Galilee. And it is fed from the north by a river called the Jordan River. Uh, At the south end of this lake, the same river continues to just flow out of it. And uh, all the way down to a second lake. But unlike the first lake, uh, the second lake doesn't have a single river leading out of it. All the water that flows into this second lake stagnates. It just evaporates. And that lake is called the Dead Sea. 
And here's a, here's a picture of the first lake. It just gives whatever it receives. This river flows into it. The same river flows out of it. And whatever, because of that, this lake is, is full of fish. The soil around it is nutrient rich. And this lake has supported life for thousands of years. Whatever flows into it, just it quickly sends back out again. And here's the second lake. Uh, the Dead Sea, like it supports nothing and no one. And all it does is it takes and holds the same river and it sort of stagnates. It's this dead place. It's devoid of life. It's visited only because it's so freakish and, and it's desolate. And what Jesus was saying that day is that there are all, there are all sorts of different sources of motivation and, and, and energy and strength that we can tap into in life. But there is one source above all others that... All we have to do is be open to and be willing to allow into our lives. And God's promise is that that source is always available to us, always with us. It is always working to fill our moments with grace and serenity and strength. And that that becomes real when it also flows out of us. And the best news of all is that that life-giving river of God's spirit is is still flowing today uh, for anyone who, who wants it. Jesus was God's answer, the story goes, to a broken, thirsty world. And the church is simply people who get together to let God's spirit flow into and out of them. Serve one another, serve the world. Uh, we get to experience this inflow and this outflow of God's spirit through, through one another. It's how it works. And it's just as powerful as it ever was. Uh, flowing from the highest power, the one who created this world, and then was born into it as a child, and who, as a man named Jesus, lived and died to show us all that he loves us more than we could ever imagine, more than we could ever know, even to the point of dying on a Roman crucifix while speaking words of forgiveness and grace and eternal life for everyone and anyone would put their trust in him, extending that, that promise that anyone who comes to him will have this river, this never-ending river of life, of grace flowing into them. And as we let it flow out through serving others, it gets eternally renewed. It's a fascinating picture. You know, it's a beautiful picture and it sounds really great, right? I mean, they're good words, but I think that that's kind of what they remain you know, words, until we become opening to experiencing their reality. And the way that we do that is to start with this simple word, yes. You know, yes to choosing an attitude, a posture, a, a perspective that we are, are our best selves when we give something good away to others. You know, even something as simple as a smile, a kind word, a yes to sharing our resources, experiences, skills, our learning with someone else and helping them. Uh, yes is always the beginning of a new adventure. Yes is, is a choice uh, to be open to serve with an attitude of humility, trusting that it's not really about us. You know, God's spirit is able to flow into us doing what only God can do through our meager efforts. 
And so along with the, our, this little theme today, we've got this uh, little say yes um, display set up in the lobby with all kinds of options for saying yes around here uh, where you can find your way and your place on a team of folks who are experiencing this God life together. And so I'd encourage you to stop by afterwards uh, sometime during the morning and just check it out and uh, maybe take a card off there and take it home and check it out and read about it and, and say yes to your own journey. And, or maybe you already have a place where you serve and I just want to encourage you this morning, what you do there matters more. What you do when you serve other people and you share some of your life with them matters more than you and I will ever know. Find your place and say yes. Can I just pray and feel free to join me in any way you feel comfortable? God, we are here. Uh, because to some degree or another, we are either curious, have started experiencing, or are enthralled with experiencing a power that comes from you that enables us, gives us strength to live the kind of life that we most want to live and that you created us to live. And so uh, this morning, uh, with this simple word of yes, uh, we're reminded that we can open ourselves up with a state and an attitude of willingness to step towards this timeless river of grace that comes from you, Jesus, that flows out of your life, that gives us life and always has given us life, that brought us here in the first place. And I pray that you would help each of us in our own way, that you would show us in our lives how you are at work. Help us to be open to that. And help us to be willing to just have an attitude that says yes to sharing something good with those that you will bring into our lives that we will lock eyes with this week and that we will be able to share some of our lives with if we choose to do so. And so we choose to do so through your power. In Jesus' name, amen.